Pops and Pop Culture, a Riverdale Rewatch podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we're here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. And we are here with episode nine of our podcast. We've made episode it Episode five far. of Riverdale. Yeah. What's um, it called? Uh, chapter five, Heart of Darkness. So mm. I don't really know how that connects at all to what the episode is about. It's like a pretty visually dark and thematically dark episode. I think it's one of the, it's definitely like the scariest episode so far. And definitely, well, I think like the that, creepiest. I remember the first time I watched this episode, that Nana Rose scene. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Freaked me out. Yeah, I know. But I, we'll get to that later. Although, but I love Nana Rose. <laughs> <laughs> She's very funny. I feel like you learned to love her. And um, also that little red part of her hair yeah that's weird like it really was throwing me off yeah she is creepy um but let's just talk about the boring things first um this episode was directed by jesse warren um i don't think he's Ooh, a either. new guy right yeah um and it was written by um roberto aguirre sacasa and ross maxwell oh. Um, this, I think, is one of the most highly reviewed episodes so far. Got 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with 11 ratings. And it had an average rating of 8.54 out of 10. Um, mm. So I think that's one of the highest. And I would say it was one of the best so far. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I, it was either my favorite or second favorite. Yeah. But I thought it was really good. Or... As good as an episode of Riverdale can be. Yeah, and I think it it's, like, reminding me why I was very hooked on the show. Like, this is the kind of episode that I would, like, really want to keep watching after watching. Back when mm-hmm. I was um, just starting watching the show. For sure. Um, and it had the lowest ratings in terms of viewers of any of the episodes. It had 0.98 million viewers. So, I guess they were losing a little bit of their audience, but... You know, didn't hurt them in the long run because they're on season four, I guess. <laughs> um, but I feel like we should just jump right into the episode. Yes. So um, we open with Jug's head's usual narration. Mm-hmm. He is talking about Thornhill, which is where the blossoms live, and he—it's like this big gothic mansion and he's describing it as the scary house that all of the children avoid and the opening scene is cheryl's dream she it's really creepy she's standing there in this long dress and there's candles all around her and she opens up jason's coffin but it's empty and then she looks around and he's like a zombie right yeah and like starts choking her and then she wakes up, and her mom comes in and is like, no more sleeping in Jason's bed. <laughs> and yeah. so this is, I think this is sort of the first scene that we see Penelope Blossom being, like, really awful. Yeah. I think before we just 
saw her as like a grieving mother who was like a little bit cold but but like rightfully so and i think of the past um scenes that we've had her have been her like interacting with alice where she was angry at alice for something she was doing which was like yeah understandably angry mm-hmm. but this is like but... the first time we see her as kind of her parenting being crazy yeah her daughter's having a nightmare about her her brother her dead brother and she's just yelling at her so this is our first introduction to emotionally abusive penelope blossom yes and she also tells cheryl that she won't be speaking at jason's funeral because she thinks that cheryl would embarrass them yeah which like that's kind of cruel as well um and obviously it's something cheryl's like very passionate about doing um so it's hard to see she likes attention yeah well the mom doesn't want to give her the attention but cheryl (laughs) um supposedly doesn't want it for the attention um and so then we move on to archie he is in his bedroom and he has a punching bag now um (laughs) he's doing some very intense workout with his punching bag um and his dad walks in he like kind of makes some sort of joke about how he wishes he was still doing music um and Archie explaining that Archie explains that he's getting ready for football season. He's getting in shape. Um, and so it seems like he's now that Grundy is out of his life, he is completely committed to football, <laughs> which that happened very fast. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It was a weird interaction. But Archie's and maybe now if football or music don't work out, he could pursue boxing. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, but the next scene we see Jughead, Betty, and Kevin. Are they in the blue and gold office? Um, I don't know. They're somewhere. Maybe the break room. Yeah. And they're well, talking about how everything on the murder wall was stolen and destroyed. Yeah. But did Kevin like recreate the murder wall or something? Or were they just showing flashbacks to the murder wall? Oh. Because like, it seemed oh, no, like I, it was, I, no, like, I think recreated. Jughead and Betty created it. Yeah, and then Kevin made some comment about how it was, like, this was, like, everything that was on it or something. So I don't Oh, know. they must have been having him there to help them recreate it. So at this point, it's established that Jughead and Betty have taken it upon themselves to investigate the murder. Yeah. Always a smart idea. They are no longer um, (laughs) trying to, like, help the police in any way. They're completely solo. Um, Yep. So. But then a kid walks into the room. I think he's the ex-football player who came forward about the, whatever that, what was that book called? The Playbook. Yeah. Um, Was it him? Or is that just me? I don't know. He seems familiar, but. Yeah, I don't know. Just some random kid walks in. Trev. Trev. (laughs) And I think he just comes in to ask Betty if they're still on for the other night or for the couple for the next night. Um, (laughs) And she's like, yeah, it's a date. And Jughead looks really jealous. Or I don't Um, know. At least they like pan to his face and he's looking a little troubled. Yeah. (laughs) 
And Kevin is like very shocked that she's going on a date because Alice would never allow her. Does to Mama Cooper know? But yeah. she is out of town. She's at a women in journalism spa retreat, <laughs> <laughs> which is like so Alice Cooper. Um, Wait, spa retreat? Is that what you said? I'm pretty sure that's what they call- they said. Oh, I um, just did not even think about it. And Alice is absent from the entire episode, which I guess is an interesting choice yeah, so to have Alice. Yeah, so Hal really got to shine. Yeah, because, I mean, we know that if Alice was at the memorial that's later in this episode, there would be a oh, huge gosh. thing with her. But there really isn't anything because she's not there. I so. bet maybe the actress, like, had to, like, film something else that day or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. But I mean, There's no way they did it want to include like there's no way they didn't want to not include her in this episode unless they are trying to like develop the storyline more of betty's dad which i mean i could see them maybe going down that route like alice has gotten a lot of screen time screen time recently and we don't really know anything about betty's dad and that he's definitely a lot more developed at the end of this episode than at the beginning like we know a lot more about him and his backstory Mm -hmm. so and maybe maybe they thought that if Alice was at the funeral, it would be a whole big ordeal. Yeah. And they like didn't want all to about her. develop that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> whenever Alice is in the scene, all of a sudden the whole scene is about her. So maybe. Yeah. They I can't say I missed her route. too much. Yeah, I know. She's, she was a <laughs> but great welcome. To leave anyways, back episode. to the date. She's, Betty says that... It's an intelligence gathering mission. Mm-hmm. So she's going to, I guess, try to investigate this kid, see if there's any information he knew about Jason that he didn't think was important enough to tell the police. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel bad for Trev because he seemed like a nice guy. but Yeah, Trev seemed so sweet. But Betty is not uh, interested in Trev. He's, she's interested in the investigation. <laughs> um. But then we go to football practice. Um, Archie is, there's some very dramatic music playing. And then Archie <laughs> kind of makes a bad play because his head, his head is in the clouds. And um, the coach is angry at Archie and basically sets up the situation where Archie and Reggie are both going to be competing for the captain spot. So now he's in direct competition with Reggie. Um and obviously that's going to test Archie's ability to forget music altogether. <laughs> but so why is why would Archie be the captain when he's a sophomore? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And is Reggie I feel like at least in the first th- season I think of Reggie as an upperclassman. Yeah. Well, but he however, stays around for a while, so he must however, not However, he's be. a se- when they're in season 4 when they're seniors, he's a senior. Yeah. So, he must be the same grade as them. But like why is the coach deciding between two sophomores? <laughs> like there must yeah, be Yeah, there are no better. seniors or juniors on this team. <laughs> <laughs> like I maybe they only go to like a two-year high school or something. But like that doesn't make sense. Um but yeah, but, so that's what Archie's struggle is for this episode. Well, one of his many struggles. Yeah. But then we go to Pops, and Hermione is there working, and Fred comes in to pick up his food, and then he asks 
he asks her out, and he's, like, very direct about it. He doesn't really waste any yeah. time with small talk. He gets right to the point. And, well, he, I think he was just like, oh, I think it's about time that we should go on a date. Yeah. And she's like, Fred, we're both married. <laughs> um, hmm. Which, was that the first mention of Archie's mom? No, we get something earlier on. But I was, from what we hear earlier on, I was under the impression that they got divorced so i think they're just separated but they're not officially divorced yeah, so. but we did hear a little something a little mm-hmm. bit earlier I think. but uh hermione basically rejects him and i guess fred interpreted um the drive-in night to be a date and it's unclear whether uh, hermione considered it to be a date or not. But, I mean, we talked about that and how it was a very flirty interaction. And yeah, yeah, yeah. if it wasn't an official date, it very much could have been, like, the start of something there. So Absolutely. I'm not surprised that Fred came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even Alice Cooper came to that conclusion. So, <laughs> And so then I guess he leaves. He drops the situation. And Hermione's kind of sad about it. But ultimately nothing happens. Uh-huh. Um, so and then we go back to a whole bunch of them, Veronica, Betty, Kevin, Jughead, and Archie. They're sitting, like, at the bleachers. Um, I don't know exactly why they're at the bleachers. But um, Veronica is kind of is sort of crying to know more about Trev because Betty seems very happy. So maybe there is something more um, that Betty's not letting on, although it seems like not really. Um and, and then um, Veronica talks to Archie. She asks him, how is life in a PG world? Meaning post-Grundy world. Which I thought that was a funny comment. That's funny. Um, and then Archie's talking about talks about how he's very focused on football. He needs to get his life back on track. Um, and Val, who's one of Josie's friends, um, kind of swoops in and says that... Um, she has a she knows someone that could kind of replace Miss Grundy in his music training. Um and so she gives him like the contact information for this guy that we will meet later. Um we get another line from Veronica that uh I don't know exactly what the context was, but she but uh Archie was like, Oh, like Miss Grundy was my tutor and or Miss Grundy was tutoring me, and then Veronica's like, that's an, uh, the understatement of the year. Which I feel like <laughs> Veronica was just, like, very... It was a good uh, Veronica moment in this scene. Um, and then Cheryl walks in, as I feel like she always is walking in on these group. <laughs> like, literally, there's not a scene that goes by where she's not, like, walking in somehow. Um, and her walk-in line is, sorry to interrupt, sad breakfast club. Um... Which I read is, well, it's not a reference, but something interesting is that the actress that plays Archie's mom was in breakfast in The Breakfast Club. Oh, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. yeah. Um, although we haven't been introduced to her as a character yet, but she'll come eventually. Um, but Cheryl is there to give invites to her to Jason's memorial. So she hands out invites to everyone. Even Veronica gets an invite, which is surprising in the moment um but 
she's very suspicious. She said they're going to be checking bags. Um, like, I guess in case they're tempted to steal their silver candles. Yeah. So obviously nothing can be just a regular moment with Cheryl. Um, and then after this kind of interaction happens, Veronica approaches Cheryl in the hallway and she asks, like, can we be friends or at least frenemies? Which is, like, another instance of, like, them being so, um, like, overtly saying the word, like, can we be friends or frenemies? Like, no one actually talks like that in real life. But it's very important to them who's officially their friend or who's officially their frenemy, I guess. Um, <laughs> and... Ultimately, Cheryl's like, if you want to be friends with me, you can come to a sleepover I'm having the night before Jason's memorial, which is just so weird. Like, so, so, so weird. But But then Cheryl says, I don't want to be alone the night before his memorial. And yeah, I get it. She doesn't want to be alone with her parents. Her parents are like awful. Yeah, like I get it. But it's at the same time, it's like they hardly know each other. And they, they've they never had, like, positive interactions. I guess the one time after, when she was, like, comforting her after she ran off during the pep rally. But other than that, that, they've kind of had all bad interactions. Did did they have, like, a big blowout last episode that I'm forgetting about? I don't know. Or is it just that gen- there's just, like... I think there's just general, general tension. like, tension between them. I think it's just general. Oh, well... They were interacting a lot in the last episode because they were at the drive-in together. But I don't know if anything really happened after that. She just sort of sat with them. And they were sort of making snide comments at each other the whole time. But I don't know if anything really big happened. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. So then we see a little montage of Archie Mm -hmm. playing football and playing music. So we get a little bit of, like, insight into his internal struggle trying to balance football and music and then he goes to the meeting with the instructor that valerie set him up with and we learn well first of all we learn that archie first started writing music after jason blossom's death his first song was about him i want to hear that song yeah (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like interesting but we quickly see that this music instructor guy is, like, pretty intense. Yeah. And he asks him how long he spends songwriting a day. And Archie's like, oh, like a couple hours. Which, to me, a couple Already. hours when you're in high school seems like a, a lot, lot of time. If you're like, a professional musician, maybe it's not. But Like, he literally <laughs> goes to high school for, like, seven hours a day and then has football practice after school and literally homework and like has to do other things too like i don't know how he fits in a couple hours a day of songwriting but like that just seems mm-hmm. and that well so then the instructor says i think his name is oscar yeah the instructor oscar says that's gonna have to change um and archie's like well i have football practice and oscar seems very shocked by the fact that he would be choosing to do music and football. He talks about how he spends all day working on music. Yeah, I'm like, well, and you're also there's not no a shortcuts student. unless you're a prodigy. Yeah, and Archie's not a prodigy, prodigy which we nope. know. Um, but like, 
I don't know what kind of expectations this guy has of like a high school student. But and isn't he paying him for music lessons? That what it, that's what I don't understand. I don't know if they're actually if he's actually paying him. It seems like maybe this is like a favor or something. Or I don't know. Cuz like Cause, couldn't he just find a music instructor that he pays? Yeah. Well, who's not going to turn him away or like yell at him if he doesn't spend his entire day playing music? Yeah. I feel like he must not be paying him. I don't know how that arrangement would work out, but yeah, why would the guy no interactions with like Fred or anything paying him? So I feel like I don't weird that they're having these lessons in the first place. But clearly Archie is not to the same level of seriousness as like this guy wants him to be. Yeah. Also, I don't understand. So there's no other music instructors in this town besides Miss Grundy and this guy. Like, yeah. they have and a biker gang in the in... town, but not a music instructor. <laughs> why is this guy even in Riverdale? I don't even know what, what's, like, the the only the only good music in Riverdale is Josie and the Pussycats. But, like, I don't yeah. know, other than that, I don't know what this guy is doing here. If he's, like, a very serious musician. So, weird. Anyways, he tells him that by tomorrow he must write all of his songs on sheet music. Does Archie even know, like? what sheet music is like i don't know even knows well miss grundy was giving him lessons so maybe he does but he but only has he's his a music little stressed on, yeah he only has his music on his flash drive so it's gonna be a long process <laughs> for him um so then we go back to thornhill um and we see that penelope who is cheryl's mom is giving a tour of of thornhill to sheriff keller and kind of explaining what's going to be happening during the memorial um and basically we find out that penelope's goal um is to invite everyone from the town to the memorials because she thinks that it's one of the people that have bad blood with their family which is i guess a lot of people in riverdale she thinks one of them were responsible for killing jason and so her plan is to invite everyone and kind of use it as a way to investigate everyone in the town at the same time um and then cheryl walks in right as she's saying that and makes a valid point about how her mom is constantly saying that she's like crazy and manipulative and literally they are just as manipulative as she is so no wonder cheryl is crazy because her parents are just as crazy if not more crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah so now we go to Betty's date or second date. Was that Trevor too? I couldn't tell. Trev. Trev. Uh, it was the same guy. They they were going on a second date. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, second date? They went didn't she already go on her first date? No, they just talked to each other. But wasn't she talking to her friends about it after it happened? After what? Like that scene on the bleachers where Veronica was talking about it. Oh, I think they were still just talking about it was going to happen. Oh, okay. Anyways, so she's on her date with Trevor, or the boy, or Trev. She's on the date with the boy I assume to be Trev. (laughs) I think it's Trev. (laughs) Um, And she starts, like, interrogating him a little bit about Jason. Not too badly, though. 
yeah, it's it's a, like a casual conversation, but it's clear what her motives are, at least to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but she asks him about how well he knew Jason because they were on the water polo team together, and it seems like Trev and Jason were friends. But shortly after Jason started dating Polly, he started acting really weird and distant and stopped talking to Trev and started selling all of his stuff and possibly was selling drugs, although Trev doesn't know for sure. Which honestly, that like, I feel like those are like the warning signs of like suicide. Like, I feel like I don't like maybe that should be an aspect of the investigation i don't know um and also the fact that trev has not supposedly not told this information to the police is kind of concerning it seems to me. very relevant <laughs> does everyone know about how he was trying to escape town is that like just the cheryl and sheriff keller know that or is that like public information i feel like alice might have made that public in the newspaper Ah, uh, got it so yeah, Trev should probably connect the dots on that one. Or at least, um, like, I mean, even if no matter what he knows, that seems like it's relevant information. Also, regardless. while it's happening, if someone starts acting so weird like that, he couldn't be the only one noticing that. Yeah. But also, like, tell somebody. Yeah. Anyways, okay, okay I guess I'm starting to not like Trev as much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he's trying to, like, protect him or something. I don't know. Anyways, I don't think it matters whether Trev we like seems like a perfectly nice person. We don't hate Trev, but just questionable judgment. Like character. kind of like everyone. <laughs> yeah, like literally the least important character. Yeah. Um so then we see Archie, he's in his house, he's in his bedroom, and Val is there teaching him how to write sheet music because he doesn't know, which seems like maybe that was really he nice of just... Val. Yeah, I mean, she's, like, dropping everything to help him. Um, But also seems like something Archie might have wanted to tell his music instructor that he didn't know how to do so he could teach him. Um, But they're kind of having, like, a cute little moment. She's like, oh, you learned so quickly. Um, They're they're kind of flirty. Um, And then Fred walks in. It's very awkward. Um, And Fred knows Val from... Um, her band obviously so she's like oh you were rocking hard and he's just like i'm just gonna close the store um but not all the way (laughs) so um fred obviously assumes there's some romantic tension between um archie and val which i think there is some um and i don't they they react very well they're not very awkward about it which is good yeah uh, what's her name? Val handles yeah. the situation pretty well. Yeah, I would say it's a little bit awkward situation. I really like Val. She seems very nice. We haven't heard her utter very many words, but yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. Anyways, then we go to Betty, um, and Hal, who's fixing up a car. Which this I guess is how that's we... yeah, his this is hobby. How... We, his passion. This is how Betty uh, learned how to break into cars, was from fixing exactly. cars with her dad. Exactly. So. so. Coming full circle. But she doesn't waste much time. She gets straight to the point and asks, what's up with Polly? Uh, or what did Jason do to make you hate him so much? 
Yeah. And Hal is pretty vague. He says they have a fight that he's not really sure what it was about. But yeah. then, essentially, Polly attempted suicide, and that's why she was sent away. To some sort of undisclosed location that we yes. don't really know. Uh, well, I guess we were told it was a group home, but I guess but it I'm must be sure some was, like, from mental Cheryl. health clinic or... Yeah. I'm pretty sure Cheryl was saying it was a group home. No, I I thought that Alice said that. Maybe. Could be wrong. Uh, But then Betty asks Hal if she can talk to Polly. And Hal says she doesn't think it's... Or he doesn't think it's such a great idea because uh, Polly had a big setback after learning about Jason's death. Yeah, which is understandable. I mean... To me, it's just surprising that it took Betty this long to, like, ask these questions, because it seems like this is, like, a really Well, these are things she should know. I mean, that's a big deal. Her parents should have told her. I mean, she's, like, old enough to... And you would have thought that she would have found out. But clearly, her parents are being pretty secretive about Polly, not letting Betty in on the full... Story. I mean, and she said that she's tried to get information out of her mom, but her mom just won't say anything, which, I mean, her mom is, like, never a good person to go to for <laughs> trying to get information out of. Um, but, I mean, it's so bad that they're not telling her this, because I feel like she, like, deserves to know why her sister's, like, not living with them. And it's just surprising, especially, like, with Betty's, like very curious nature that she wouldn't already know this information somehow and that it's mm-hmm. taken her this long to ask these questions but now we know where Polly is or sort of at least um, and so then we see Betty and she's sort of telling Jughead everything that she learned from her parents um, and then Jughead kind of formulates some theories about why uh, Jason was killed. Um, Jughead thinks that maybe he was running away from drug dealers. Um, and ultimately, Jughead wants to investigate his bedroom because that's where all the secrets are, according to him. Which, okay. that's bad. Like, they really should not be doing that. Yeah, I love how they're, like, trying to investigate this murder by, like, breaking so many laws. Yeah, I know. It's like, what are they going to, like, when they find out, what are they going to say? Oh, yeah, by the way, we um, looked in his bedroom, but, and we found this, but, like. Yeah, it's just like the car in the last episode. Yeah, it's just not good. But However, I'm not complaining because I think it makes the show more interesting. No, yeah, the police investigation is really boring compared to their investigation. Yeah. Um, but now we go to football practice, and I guess they're practicing a play, and it seems like, does Archie do it well? I think at first he does it badly. Okay. I couldn't really tell what was going yeah, on I couldn't the tell which practice. one was Archie and which one was... Yeah, there was just a... not Archie. Like, they all kind of looked like Archie. I don't know. Someone caught the ball, someone... Ta- or no, <laughs> Archie caught the ball, Reggie tackled him, and... Yeah. I couldn't tell whether that was good or bad. I think that that part was good. I think there was but some presumably bad Presumably you don't want someone one. to tackle you when you're playing football. No, but it was like a really far catch. Like, I think it was a touchdown. Oh. Okay, so. got it. I thought Archie was the quarterback. Yeah, I thought Am that I too. wrong? 
I wouldn't think the quarterback would be the one, like, catching the ball to score the touchdown. Well, I mean, yeah. he. I mean, in that position, or in that play, he was definitely not playing. He was not being the quarterback in that play. But. Anyways. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Archie hurts his hand. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to pretend, like, nothing happened. But Reggie's like, you should probably sit out. So I couldn't really tell if that was Reggie trying to sabotage his chances at captain or if Reggie was actually like, you're injured, you should sit out. But of course... I think probably a combination of both. Mm -hmm. But of course Archie decides to keep playing like nothing is happening. And then after football practice, he's sitting there... um, I don't know what he's... Is he, like, wrapping his hand or... Yeah, something. Just, he's like, staring his, at it. his wound. <laughs> yeah. And then Veronica walks by with some other nameless fixins, and she sees Archie, so she goes to talk to him. So whatever happened to Betty being a vixen? Was that shut know. down by her mother? I don't know. I don't she know. Or maybe she an just... investigation to deal with. Maybe she's more in, interested yeah. in that. I guess. Um, but then Betty, or no, not Betty, Veronica starts talking to Archie. Do they talk about anything important? Well, just about his hand. His hand. How, he should take better he care to, like, of himself. And he needs to stop punishing himself. Oh, and for what? And she's like, hmm? For what? I, well, she, he's like, he she thinks that himself? he's like, he's um, like, overworking himself kind of and uh, and Veronica or and Archie's like I only injured my hand because I got tackled or because I didn't know the play and I would have oh. known the play if I hadn't stayed up so late writing my sheet music so music is getting in the way of his football oh I don't know God. football required so much studying yeah <laughs> I guess it does if you're really serious about it but yeah but I don't know it doesn't seem like exactly the way he described it it was really what it's like but i wouldn't know um and then also veronica is interested and kind of curious that um the fact that val was at archie's house um and archie's like are you jealous and she claims she's not but yeah you can never tell with veronica if she really is jealous or if she's just like eager to hear the drama yeah but it's a very flirty scene, I must say. Mm-hmm. As well as Archie can flirt. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then we see Archie having another music lesson with Oscar. And Oscar really doesn't like his very sloppy uh, sheet music. And he thinks that um, his music is very juvenile and repetitive. And they're all breakup songs. So... Obviously, they are juvenile and probably repetitive. Like I, like I agree with his. um, I agree with Oscar. Um, I'm curious who he broke up with to write all these breakup songs. Like, are they all about Miss Grundy? Grundy? (laughs) That means he's written like a lot of music in the last like few days. So I don't know, like, what relationship he's been in that he broke. Maybe there was a girl freshman year that we don't know about. That's a lot of breakup songs for <laughs> literally one girl. But, you know, whatever. Um, and then Oscar also kind of makes the point that maybe Miss Grundy was a little biased towards his music. Um, be- 
and she connected with it on a more personal level than he will ever be able to, which we've been Oscar saying. doesn't know. That's why but, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, Oscar doesn't know, but we've been saying that for forever, that Miss Grundy has been a little bit uh, misleading towards Archie and his skill. Um, yeah. It's unclear if the show wants us to think he's really good or if... <laughs> If the show wants us to think he's as bad as he is. But But to Archie's defense, this Oscar guy is like... Oh, he's so mean. He could be way I don't understand him. First of all, if he has, like, some critiques of his songs, isn't he supposed to... Like, isn't that what he's supposed to do? Give him constructive criticism, help him get better? Yeah, he doesn't actually say a single thing that's bad so, with his song. Like, how do you make a song less juvenile? Like, that's it, not, like, actually something you can go back and change. And if you're going to become someone's instructor, isn't your job to help them get better? Yeah. Like, do they need to be perfect already? No, yeah, this guy is First not... of all, also, he was like, it looked like you did this all in a night. He gave him one day to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wonder why. <laughs> He literally spent all night learning how to write sheet music okay. and then doing his sheet music just for you. So I'm siding with Oscar. Or no, I'm siding with Archie on this one. I, I also think Archie, Archie just needs to like open a computer and search like music teachers in Riverdale and probably someone will come up. <laughs> I think um, that Oscar is correct that his music is bad, but I think that he was being very rude about it. And so I don't like him. And uh, also, I think we're supposed to like him. There's a, a balance. Like, he doesn't, music doesn't have to become his whole life. Yeah. He doesn't have to stop playing it. Like, he's literally never performed live in front of anyone, and now he's meeting with, like, music, uh, like, very, like, prestigious music instructors. Like, maybe he should actually, like, try getting some more experience writing music. Just go to open mic, mic night, open up for the pussy hats or yeah. also you could just play music like a half an hour every day like it doesn't have to be that serious i know it's like his passion and everything but yeah i mean the fact that he plays two to three hours of music or writes at least that much every single day like i guess he is a little bit more dedicated than we're i'm impressed for. like that's a lot of dedication yeah so like for he... when you have limited time that's a lot of time so yeah but like, I personally just, like, choose not to believe that that's even possible. Because that just makes me feel bad about not doing anything for two to three hours a day. Um, yeah, so that's Oscar. And then it's... Wait. Oh, then it's the dinner at the Blossom's house. Thorn. And... Veronica is over for the sleepover, and she finds out that she is the only one sleeping over. She thought there were going to be other people there, but it's just her. And they're all having dinner. Um, Cheryl, Penelope, Clifford, Veronica, and Nana Rose. Yeah. Veronica, or Cheryl's grandma. Mm -hmm. And it's really awkward and tense. And just not it's great very it's kind of a hostile <laughs> conversation they're like very much like prying into Hiram and why he's in jail and you know mm-hmm. just very much like trying to talk about 
everything that will get under Veronica's skin. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, um, Penelope at one point is like, I don't even know why you were here. <laughs> like, I don't know why Cheryl invited you. <laughs> and Veronica's just, like, so like me neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we're all like, we have no idea. We also find out, like, a little tidbit about Riverdale, that it was founded... On wait, the maple industry. On the maple industry. Maple syrup. Maripo, so. Yeah. That's and that the blossoms were very heavily involved in that. Industry. The lodges and the blossoms. Yeah. So there's definitely some deep-rooted tension between these mm-hmm. families. Um, and, and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we go to Pops very briefly. Hermione is just, like, cleaning some dishes in the back. Um, and we hear, like, the bell of the door opening. Which I feel like that bell is like very, it's very, um, it's very important to the show in a lot of different moments. Um, but, um, oh, I see. She what, goes I to like the counter. Yeah, she goes to the counter and no one is there and she just sees a box on the ground. So she goes and like kneels down to open the box. And this is like the very, like the first, like, I feel like very scary moment or like where they tried to like make it very scary. Um, and she opens the box and there is a snake inside, which that's pretty terrifying. (laughs) I was expecting Um, it to be something worse though. I thought it was going to be like a part of like Jason's body or something. Oh yeah. Or like an organ or. I mean, I feel like if that happened and I knew it was like bad, I would like think it's like a bomb or something. Like that was like what my mind went to immediately. But then when she opened it and she had that like reaction, I thought it was going to be like a body part or something. But But it was a snake. It was a snake. Clearly from the south side serpents. Yeah. Well, I didn't even make that connection when I first saw that. I was like, really? Someone's someone's just out to get her. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's obviously from the serpents. Um. Then we go to the Cooper house, and Betty is sort of sneaking down the stairs, and we hear hear this really creepy music, and then we hear, like, children laughing, mm-hmm. and she walks down. So I thought down this was, like, a dream at first. Me too, because she was like, Polly, Polly, and then we yeah. see that her dad is sitting in the living room watching home videos of Polly. When she was, like, really little. And it's, like, very creepy. And not, like, endearing at all. When you, like... like It's, like, not, like, oh, so sweet. Like, I did not get that vibe at all from this. Yeah, it was weird. And this is a very, like, foreshadowing scene, too. To, like, season two. Mm. Um, yeah. But I won't say any more than that. <laughs> um, and so then we go back um, to the sleepover at Thornhill. Veronica and Cheryl are sitting on Cheryl's bed. They're looking at pictures of Jason. And we kind of, Cheryl kind of opens up to Veronica a little bit more. And this is like, I really like this scene. I think it's like, well, we've talked a lot about how Veronica and Cheryl are basically the same character and like actually should be friends. Um, and so Cheryl's talking about how she's very grateful that Ronnie, oh, Veronica. I just like wrote that in my notes, so that's what I read. Um, Veronica like helped her during her panic attack at the pep rally, um, and Cheryl kind of says that like none of her other friends came to like Tina her. and Ginger. Her yeah, which like those are her minions. 
yeah <laughs> so um cheryl's grateful for veronica um and maybe this is the start of a friendship um Aww. and also cheryl is very like obviously she's taking the whole situation very difficult it's very badly um and she's it's hard for her because the investigation and everything is so public surrounding jason so um she's comforted that she has someone that she can like open up to so i'm pro this friendship yeah this is like the one time when cheryl being nice didn't actually turn into like (laughs) cheryl being mean actually like (laughs) she's actually nice all the way through to the end of the scene Mm -hmm. well and cheryl says what she would like to say if she spoke at the funeral was that jason deserved a better family and but she was like, I'm not actually going to say that. But then Veronica was like, why not? I'll help you. And then Cheryl says, they'll kill me. Her parents, they would kill her if she did something And like a like very that. like serious tone too. Yeah, she like, wasn't like, oh, they'd kill me if I did that. Like she was no, like, yeah, she's kill like, me. they'll kill actually. me. <laughs> um, and not shocking to me because her parents are crazy, as we have established. Insane. Even worse than Alice. Yeah, like... We didn't think it could get any. At least Alice is, like, a little bit, like, warm I feel like Alice ways. is, like, Alice is at least, like, in some ways looking out for Betty. Like, a lot of her actions are at least with somewhat good intentions. They're, like, mm-hmm. very short-sighted, but, like, at least have the Betty's best intentions most of the time. Yeah. But the Blossoms um, are just, like, psychopaths. No, like, they don't even care about her. Yeah. Um... But we go back to Pops, and Fred is there. I guess he helped Hermione deal with the snakes. And Fred asks her why she didn't call the police, and she says that she doesn't trust the police. She doesn't trust anyone in this town. She only trusts Fred. Um, it's a pretty and big she says, statement. Yeah. She says, it must be a message from the serpents and Hiram owes the money and Fred is like how much like he wants to pay it off um Mm -hmm. for them but Hermione's like no I don't want to get you involved in this whole mess yeah so clearly there's more to be more that will be happening with this relationship because the fact that Hermione is like calling him instead of animal control um so yeah and then we quickly see betty is getting ready for the funeral in her bedroom and then randomly jughead walks in to her bedroom which i was very confused by this because like like, is this a date is the date to go to a funeral and (laughs) investigate the murder but i don't know like why is he at her house also like I'm kind of confused by their whole friendship in general because I feel like they weren't that close, like literally. Exactly. Now a few they're days like ago, and now they're BFFs like literally best friends. Slash dating. No, I don't think. No. <laughs> but that would be the most Jughead and Betty date would be like going to a funeral. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just like so strange how close they've become, and it's not like we've seen them like develop it, as friends. It so in any we way. haven't seen that much development between them but their friendship makes a lot of sense to me because they're both like very interested in the exact same investigation (laughs) so i guess we're just supposed to assume that they've been bonding over and i i love how it's like 
Jughead is like cleaned up. He's in the suit, and Betty's like, "Oh wow!" But he really yeah. doesn't look any different. Yeah, I know. But I love how they like act like, "Oh, like he can be attractive." What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like they like do dirty. that with like. Yeah, they do that with like both um, Betty and Jughead. They they really downplay their looks, so they act like they're like what they're they can be attractive. Even though like they're both very attractive people. Yeah. As is. <laughs> like I don't know yes. how we're supposed to think that they're not attractive usually, but. And then yeah. we go to the funeral, which is a long scene. There's a lot that goes on There's at this a funeral. Lot that happens. Um, I. I've noticed that in a lot of these episodes, there's some, like, big town event yeah. at the end of the episode that's, like, that brings everyone a really together. long scene. And like, there's, like, we had, a like, whole the, bunch of interactions between Like, we had, like, the Taste people. of Riverdale, and then we had the, the drive-in, the pep rally. So, uh-huh. I, and it's, I think it's an effective tool because it brings everyone, like, everything is kind of stewing the entire episode and then they all come together for like mm-hmm. a big thing that yeah comes. it helps tie together like all of the different plot lines and also yeah gives the different characters especially the parents opportunities to have confrontations which yeah because i think the parents don't really interact nice <laughs> with the other parents very often yeah unless they're like in these gatherings so i think it's an effective tool and i'm fine with that mm-hmm. um but we see, like, Cheryl's mom kind of have this um, hostile interaction with Hermione. Um, and Archie gives um, Penelope Jason's Blossom, or Jason Blossom's uh, football jersey, which is supposed to be, like, a very touching moment. Um, but I... I was confused by this because, like, why is he allowed to give away Jason's jersey? What do you mean? Like, like who says that it's Archie's to give away? I think that um, the coach gave it to Archie. Remember? Oh. So he, he's like, just he's giving like, away I'm his giving own you... personal jersey. Well, his own jersey now. And he was, like... The coach talked later in the episode about how he retired Jason's number, so I think that was yeah. him doing that. But it just oh. seems like he might want to check with people before, like, just giving away his football jersey. Okay. But. but the thing that really gets me about this scene, and this is something I remember from this episode, I actually remembered really well from the first time I watched it, but that Archie's wearing his Letterman jacket to the funeral. Oh, yeah. And it really sticks out. I get, like, maybe he's trying to pay respect to Jason, but you'd think that the whole football team would be there, like, all wearing them. But or when it's he would just... be dressed as, like, a... Dressed like everyone else. But when it's just Archie there, and he's wearing the Letterman jacket, and everyone else is wearing, like, suits and dresses and all black, it's just... Yeah doesn't make a lot of sense to me which i feel like this is not like the only funeral that he wears all all black too or he wears his letterman jacket too does he just wear it everywhere is he always wearing it yeah well, does he have any other outfits lot. i'm gonna look out for that next time because i honestly I can't think he like does have other outfits. i feel like he wears like a like a gray long sleeve shirt yeah he wears like just a lot very like like long sleeve tees and like jeans or something. That's his like other outfit basically. <laughs> um 
but there's also when he, he gives um, Penelope his um, Jason's jersey she does this like weird thing where she like she's like oh you look so much like him she like touches his face it's like she like goes into some sort of like trance or something and um, she also calls him like Archie Vald or something Archie it's like Vald? his full name I think I, it's like, like what Archie stands for. I like rewinded to watch it again, and I still couldn't catch quite what she said. But what? That's that's so weird. I like anyone named Archie. Their real name is like Archiewald. I think is that like a thing. I don't know. I, I think Archie. I think this comes up a little uh, in other times, but I think his full name is like something else. Um, yeah. but weird. Um, and so then. He kind of sits down, and then we Next see Betty. Yeah, so I guess maybe they went together. Um, but we see There's a Betty. lot of dates to the funeral. <laughs> yeah. This is like I guess where everyone like goes on their first dates. Um, but we see Betty like looking over, and she sees her dad and Cheryl's dad. Which what is Cheryl's dad's name? I don't even. Clifford. Know name is. Oh, Clifford Blossom. Like Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah. Um, and so we see Hal and Clifford having a sort of heated conversation. They're talking about, like, oh, you need to um, watch how many drinks you have because you're going to get a DUI or something like that. Wait, I, I didn't like, hear that. I had closed captions on when I was watching it, so I could hear it, like, said. It was, like, not. It was just sort of like a. It was, like, a very. It wasn't, like, about anything serious, but they were, like, clearly having some sort of argument. Um,. And there's tension between them, for sure. Um, and Betty's sort of confused, but nothing happens right then. And then we get Cheryl's big moment, where uh, she is wearing all white. She's wearing the same clothes that she was wearing when Jason died. And she, like, kind of has this huge, like, walk down the... It's like it's her wedding. Yeah. Which is so weird. Like... I don't even know what the symbolism is there. <laughs> and Kevin is like, oh, yes. yes. And she takes the podium. She basically, like, hijacks the entire memorial. Yeah. And she's, yeah. Well, she starts talking about Jason, and she gets really emotional really quickly. And... She talks about how, when they were younger, Jason said that they should combine their birthday parties, and she later found out it was because nobody wanted yeah. to go to her birthday parties, so which, he combined them, so she didn't find out, and she didn't feel bad, which is, like, really sweet. And that's, like, and, a nice, like, thing to share at, like, a funeral, I feel like. That's and not, like, this, a... Yeah, no, it is a nice thing to share at a funeral, and this time around i was really feeling for cheryl in this episode and i think this moment allows you to see where she's coming from and even when she sort of barges in rudely or she um enters a conversation that like the main crew is having with like a snide comment like she just she really just wants to be like included and she wants to have yeah. friends who actually like her mm -hmm. um and so I see where Cheryl is coming from, and she's also, like, experiencing some pretty extreme emotional abuse, potentially physical abuse, um, from her family. Yeah, um, yeah she's in such, like, a bad situation. 
yeah, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, oh my god, like, what is Cheryl doing? Like, she's so crazy. Like, she was probably the one who killed him. But then, in this scene, I was like, I thought it, like, showed Cheryl in a lot more sympathetic light. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the scene was any, like, different necessarily than other scenes where she's kind of made this like big spectacle surrounding Jason's death but it was just like we had the context kind of of like what her home life is like and like the emotional toll that it's having like what it's actually having like we've kind of gotten a look behind the curtain of like what this is actually doing to Cheryl mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think it's this whole episode is very humanizing for her and it makes you feel for her yeah um, and um, Veronica, during this, or like kind of as the speech is ending, Veronica goes up to comfort her, which is a little s- strange, but that's nice. maybe they're friends now. Um, so yeah, that's a nice little moment between them, and the whole gang is a little confused, but. <laughs> um, what happens next? Fred and Hermione talk. Well, well, first of all, okay, the service is, like, or ceremony, is that what it would be called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's cut, it's so like, short. really short. It seems like... like they just have Cheryl talk Cheryl, once and Cheryl wasn't it. even supposed to talk, but, like, that was it. Then Penelope comes up and she's like, okay, like, let's all go into the other room for dinner. Um, yeah. So then we see Fred and Hermione talking... And he offers her the bookkeeping position at his construction company that before he said it wouldn't look good for the wife yeah. of Hiram Lodge, a fraud, or that's not a word, um, mm-hmm. a person who committed fraud and embezzlement. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> to and then have. Hermione like gives him a like huge hug, and then she kind of reconsiders that hug, but... She's very grateful to be working for Fred, and I think she's a little bit nervous because of her situation with the serpents, so she's happy to have that security with working mm-hmm. for Fred. Although you would think that Hermione would react a little bit differently, you'd think that she'd be somewhat suspicious that yeah. it's because Fred, because Fred likes her or because he feels bad for her and wants her to help her pay off her debt to the serpents so you'd think she would question that a little bit more why he just suddenly changed his mind about this i mean and also hermione i feel like is a very like proud person so it's like a a little bit out of character her for her to like completely change course and be like oh i'm fine that you rejected me from this job earlier i'll i'm fine taking it so it's interesting deviation from her character a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, but then we see a great scene of oh, Jughead and Daddy sneaking into Jason's room. That's why they really came to the funeral together. They were here for the investigation. Um, I wonder if the police has looked in Jason's room or not. Y- um, yeah, you'd think it maybe it's like a... Oh, I was going to say maybe it's a crime scene, but it's not a crime scene because it's not where the murder like would happen. But you would think they definitely want to look through his possessions and see what was going yeah. on with him. Which means that, like, sure. if there was stuff there, the police would probably have already taken it. But um, 
that is not on their minds. They are sneaking around. Um, they're looking in like drawers, under his bed, all kinds of places. And then Nana Rose, on her wheelchair, literally rolls out of the shadows <laughs> into the room and freaks them out. A little it's bit. like a huge jump scare. The first time I watched it, this time I was expecting it, so it didn't get me. But the first I, like, time, didn't remember... like my heart dropped. Like it was pretty terrifying. Yeah. And she's so I, creepy. Yeah. She's so creepy. But, I, like, I love her. she's nice. She's actually no, nice. No, I love Nana Rose. And I, I feel like you love her more also later on. Yeah. But... Um, but she kind of reveals that... Well, she mistakes Betty for Polly, um, which I feel like they don't look that similar. But um, I guess Nana Rose is maybe going a little crazy. Not fully there mentally um and so she thinks she's talking to polly and they kind of have this whole interaction and nana rose reveals that she had given polly a wedding ring her wedding ring um and that jason and polly were actually engaged um with not but that was not known by i'm guessing any of the parents or it wasn't known by penelope betty well, Betty, Betty or Penelope. Yeah. It so, seems like, uh, what's this? Hal knew. Yeah. Which is weird that, like, they would know, but the other parents wouldn't know. But this well, is new information for Betty. Nana Rose says, don't let Penelope know that I gave you that ring or she would slice it off your finger. Yeah. And I have no doubt that Penelope would, would do that. Yeah. Um,. um but and then so, we see Cheryl crying, and Penelope shoves her into the room, and is really angry, and says, no more river vixens. Um, she says that she should ship her off to a boarding school in Europe, except no one would have her. I do think that if you paid the tuition on a boarding yeah, school, they, they, they would probably care. have her. And she's not, like, that crazy, like... Any boarding school could handle her. Like she's not like yeah, unless it was like that much one where she had to like get into it and she didn't have like good enough test scores or something. But, but like, there's plenty of boarding schools in Europe that will accept you without test scores. And they definitely and they have, have the, money. the money. They have yeah. the money. They literally have like a mansion in the middle of Riverdale. So that's a, that's a little unbelievable. But in another example of. Crazy parenting from Penelope. I mean, like, Cheryl just, like, was had a very, like, emotional scene, and Penelope is not supporting her at all. So. Mm-hmm. Crazy parents. Um, and then we have a quick scene at Pops after the memorial, and Archie is with Val. So I guess they're, like, dating now. Or, I don't know. Like, they're spending a lot of one-on-one time together, even not related to music. Um, and basically Val is telling Archie that he, like, needs to believe in himself. He needs to, like, even if this Oscar guy, like, doesn't believe in his music abilities, that he should, he shouldn't give up. So. Mm -hmm. Archie is, has new, uh, commitment to music now. Yeah. Uh, so now we see Betty and Hal... And she confronts him about Jason and Polly. She wants to know what's going on. And he tells her 
the story about the old grudge between the two families. So the Blossom, um, or Cheryl's great-grandpa, um, is Betty's great-grandpa's brother, or was, um... Well, I don't think we find that out. I think we just find out that they're business partners. No, I thought we found that out. I think that's not until later that we find that out. No, I swear they said that. I don't know. It was well. Sure. If they didn't say that, I just gave like a minor. We can spoiler. Ble- we can bleep it out. <laughs> People will not know I'm, what it is. Okay, I'm gonna go back and look because I'm pretty sure they actually did say that. But anyway, we can we can discuss later. Uh oh, but the business partners. Um, so the Blossom business partner murdered the Cooper one. Um. Yeah. Because he wanted, they were in the maple business together, and he wanted to have all the profits for himself, so he killed him, and so there's been this, like, blood feud between them ever since, um, and what Hal was saying is they stole our livelihood, and Jason was trying to steal our daughter, and, like, that's yeah. why I hate Which... him, and... He was the, the one like who the, made her sick, and the stole yeah. our livelihood comment. I was just like, "You're living a pretty okay. Like you're doing pretty well. I mean, obviously, you're not maybe as rich as the blossoms, but like, your house seems more pleasant than yeah. The like honestly, your life seems better than them anyway. So, like, it's not like your livelihood. It's not like you're like in poverty, like struggling to make ends meet. Like you're uh, yeah. doing." You're doing fine. fine by yourself. Um, um but yeah, um Hal is saying she's sick, she's not coming home until she's better, and they get a little bit angry at each other. And we kind of see a darker side of Hal, which we yep. haven't seen as much. I mean, we really haven't seen much of Hal at all until now, but we do get like a darker edge. I mean, so far, I feel like we've Hallis kind of just been like Alice's sidekick, but now he's very much developed as his own character, who is tied into the web of this family blood feud. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we get a quick um, scene of Veronica and Hermione talking, um, and Hermione says that she needs to tell Veronica about what happened at Pops. So it looks like Hermione is being honest about like her situation with the serpents. Um, but that's, there's not much to that scene. And then we see Archie and Reggie in the football coach's office. And it seems like he made his decision about who should be the captain. So And he chooses Archie. But then... Archie doesn't accept. He says, you need someone whose only love is football, and I have other loves. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that was like, Reggie he was like the position. He was like, that part of me that I would have to give to you if I were the captain. Like, I can't give that part of me to you. I have He's to give it to something else. He's sophomore in high school. Like, who talks like that? Well, and also it's like very like romantic in a way. <laughs> It's just like very strange, especially yeah. because he had a relationship and they... with his teacher. <laughs> like he was giving a part of him to his other commitment. Um, 
But anyways, they don't really seem to question too much what his other commitment is, but they allow Reggie to become the coach. Reggie seems happy about it, even though he yeah. was the second choice, but... I think he doesn't really care. He's just interested in getting the job. Um, and so then we see Archie um, practicing music in the music room in the school, and Val walks in. There's clearly something going on between them. It's like a very flirty look. Um, I don't think there's any like major dialogue there, but there's stuff going on there for sure. Yeah. I ship Archie and Josie more than Archie and Val, personally. Um, Up to this point. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. Like, they sort of had, like, a little, like, tension going on with the... Like, like it was, like, kind of an argument, but it was, like, flirty and... I don't know. Anyways, um... Oh, the final scene is Betty and Jughead talking, and clearly Betty is very comfortable with Jughead at this point, because she's opening up to him about how she feels like um, she doesn't really know her parents anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jughead kind of suggests that um, it could, that how could have been Jason's murder. Um, and he said, or one of them says, whoever destroyed the murder wall wasn't at the drive-in. And Betty's like, my dad wasn't at the drive-in. And then we see how Cooper, um, looking at the remains of the murder wall. So clearly he was the one who destroyed it, I guess. And it seems like they've come to that conclusion as well. Um, so they are suggesting that he could be a murderer but it's still pretty early on in the show so we don't really know yet um but i mean it kind of fits with this whole theme of introducing hal introducing him as like a darker character with a more complicated past than we've known so Mm -hmm. he all of a sudden is now kind of suspect number one um and then they also say that they want to talk to polly because they think Polly is going to have some information that they need. Which, again, like, shouldn't the police have talked to Polly? Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the Coopers would be pretty adamant in trying to protect Holly. And, like, hide where yeah. she is. I mean, I think there's a justification that, like, maybe she shouldn't be involved in this investigation just because of her mental health yeah but it would be weird if the police had not already at least thought about going to Polly like it's like like what does the police or like Sheriff Keller even doing I feel like he's really bad at his job the thing is normally they wouldn't like publicize their entire police investigation so he could have made a lot of progress but that we just it's not like about. Betty and Jughead would know because it's none of their business. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But however, I do yeah. enjoy the um like Betty and Jughead um investigating investigative duo. And I'm ready so. I'm I'm glad that they're becoming closer friends. Yes, me too. <laughs> um but that's the episode. Um I thought it was good. I really liked this episode. Yeah. Definitely darker twist, which 
we get a lot more of later on. And um, what I will say yeah. about this episode is it went by really quickly. Some of these like earlier episodes felt like they were so slow, and I was like, oh my god, when is this ever going to be over? And this mm-hmm. like flew by. I was like, surprised when it ended. And I think it's partially because everything felt way more connected, and it felt like there was not as much going on. But like we're making progress on these stories. Yeah, we're like, making progress, like but it wasn't like a million different things are going on. Like everything yeah. felt more connected. Um, and I think it helps that they have this like one central idea of like the memorial that everything is wrapped around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's a good I mean, episode. even like. Archie's like decision about or like Archie's situation with like the football team is very much tied into Jason's death and like the whole thing with Cheryl is tied in with Jason's death and obviously Betty and um and Jughead are investigating that so it's like very much all tied together which Mm -hmm. I thought was good um but that is all I guess we have for this episode. Um, we have another episode coming out on Sunday where we'll be talking about the Parks and Recreation special. Yeah. Um, that I think is airing on Thursday, I think. Thursday um, 8, NBC, I think. But it could yeah. be wrong. I'm excited for that. Um, mm-hmm. We also have social media. Everyone should follow us. Um, we have instagram and twitter they're both pops pop culture you can send us an email at pops and pop culture gmail.com and you can you should follow us if you're listening on spotify and subscribe if you're listening on apple podcasts and leave us a review if you're listening on apple podcasts um and i think that's it yeah bon nuit bon nuit Thank you.